So then, she was the grand dame of serial killers, the OG of female sadomasochists, and the woman who inspired not one, not two, but eight black metal bands. But if you think she looks like this, you're very wrong. This is the case of Elizabeth Bathory. Welcome to Enter the Dark. And welcome to Enter the Dark. I am Jan. With me as always is Les. You are right there? All good, man. Looking quite pale in this weird lighting that we've got going on, aren't I've, you? I've only just woke up. He yeah. has. He's bleary-eyed and... Yeah. That wake, are you? No. This is my first one off. Um, and I work nights. <laughs> so, so, like, I've literally... I've already just got up. That's his excuse and he's sticking to it. Um, but yes, today's um, case is on Elizabeth Bathory. We're going to smash some like ideas about her. Um, so if you're expecting us to be on about her bathing in blood, you're going to be very, very, very disappointed because it didn't happen. But we'll get to that. Speaking of getting to things, let me open up the big blue book of stickers, which has our Patreons in, where we have to say hello to them. We have got Hannah Blue Harrington, Amanda Champagne, Astoria Crowley, Amy Emmer and Jack Coleman, Sasha Johnson, Lisa Dempsey, Marie T. Jensen, Casey the Cannibal, Misty Day, Becky Louise, Izzy from the Clink, Jules Henderson, James Harrington, Mr. Crow, Richard Beccarelli, Michelle Hudson, and Alicia Lou Allen. Well done. Also, Kooky. Thank you. And also, Fire Pixie. Hey, hello. Welcome hey, to the Pixie. Sick Book family. Yes, so then, um, as I said, let me grab this magazine cover again. This is how she's generally portrayed. There, you know, big boobs, in the bath, you know, dead things there, sexualized. Is that real, though? You know, is that how she is? Let's delve into history to find out. So, as there, she's a symbol now, sort of a demented, sadistic decadence of, like, aristocracy of it all. Um, you know, it's just, she was a powerful woman. That's what she was. Um, it just depends on which sort of book that you're reading about it. And we don't have everything to charge with the crimes that they say she's got, but there were rumours of a lost diary somewhere in Hungary. And also there are scholars who want to clear her name, say she didn't do anything about this. But loads of van loads of people vanished, and centuries later, we haven't got any. We can't go in and do forensics or anything. But there was a lot of blood surrounding it. So let's get started on this. So Elizabeth Bartery, that's how you say a name in Hungarian, but I'll just call her Elizabeth because Always. Yeah, because it's easier yeah. than me saying Elizabeth. She was given the trappings of an enviable life. She was born on August the 7th, 1560, into one of the most powerful clans in Central Europe. She had the ridiculous wealth and impeccable scholastic pedigree to prove it. So, she's a bit privileged, wasn't she? Yeah, a bit of a blue blood. Yeah. So, her Protestant parents spared no expense when it came to giving their daughter a classical education. She not spoke not only Hungarian and Slovak, which was the language that many of her servants spoke, but the language, uh, she also spoke Greek, Latin, and German too. What's the point of speaking Latin? Um, at the time, it was. No, have... not at the time. Just, it's a dead language, isn't it? It wasn't then, though. It wasn't a dead it's language. It's just like, if then. you want to read, yeah, but if you want to read the Bible, oh yeah, I've got to read Latin. But, it's pointless now, isn't it? Nowadays, it's pointless, unless, like, you want to freak people out. Like, like, so it's sudden, like, like, <laughs> like you're at a party I and mean, suddenly, yeah, I you turn your eyes back in your head. I mean, if you can, writing. if it's fine, if you know, if you are possessed and you do wish to, like, you know, freak people out, then speak Latin. But you know, don't go out your way to learn it because there's more useful languages. Yeah, you know, learn fucking Spanish or something. Or Chinese. Yeah, you know, and Mandarin. Again, there's a number of different yeah. Chinese. Learn languages. Mandarin. Get Duolingo. Sort it out. Okay, go yeah. on. What's that app? What's that app? Duolingo. The Duolingo. Yeah. Ah, cool. So, there you go. We're not sponsored by Duolingo. We're not sponsored by anyone. Nobody else. That's a separate us. video, though. Christ. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all was not well in the world of little Elizabeth. Rumours abound that she suffered from terrible epileptic seizures as a child, although her parents happened to be cousins. 
So see it seen a few patterns. Yeah. It. I mean, basically back then, everyone was co- all cousins were fucking. You know what I mean? Oh, they just kept the, it in the family. The Habsburgs. Yeah. Like who, who was that prince? Like you look at his the, face is a meme. The Mountbattens. Do you know who that is? Yes, I do know who that is. The British royal family. Because they changed the name during World War II to sound less German. That's why they're called Windsor now. Prince Andrew is a nonce. Nonce, nonce, nonce. He is. He's a nonce. There's no way around it. And an awful... Apparently, he was an awful child as well. Well, I mean... He's the Queen's son. I imagine all of them were awful. Apparently, Charles Apart from... um, Was it... Which one was the alcoholic woman? Burned herself again in a bath too hot because she was pissed. Was it Princess Anne or Princess Margaret? It's one of them. Isn't it? The the one who was dead. She was good. Talking about like weird shit that like royal the royal family's done, like the way they hushed away those ones that had like uh, were mentally disabled. Oh yeah, they do that. They? They're just like get, and you know. I mean, look at the look at fucking the Kennedys. Well, you know, they only had like a grave marker. They didn't even have a gravestone. Saves like somewhere where you'd bury your fucking pet. Saves money, doesn't it? Yeah, because they're wanting for that, aren't they? Mm. But yeah, um, apparently her family had a penchant for inbreeding, which historically has led to more than one noble person with a weak constitution and a, you know, leaning toward being mad. Because that's what inbreeding will do. My dog's got an underbite because it's inbred. You get when we got it. Um, they were like, here's a family tree kind of thing. And it was like loads of just, it was basically a stump, not a tree. And it was like inbreeding all the way through. <laughs> nice. Sorry, Sabrina. Um, legend has it, though, Elizabeth witnessed some terrible things during her childhood, like the ghastly sight of a man getting sewn into the stomach of a horse. Oof. His crime, theft. As the story goes, little Elizabeth cackled at the sight of the peasant's head sticking out of the horse's body. I mean, that doesn't mean that she's crazy. That's just fucking funny. It is kind of you got funny. a horse walking around in the guy's head like, ah, help me out, I'm stuck in an horse. My life is misery and pain. I was hungry, I just stole an apple. <laughs> oh, that'd be fucking ace. Look, it's Mr. Ed. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Dad. Um, many of the folkloric anecdotes about her childhood are attempts to explain her later crimes, but regardless of the particulars, Elizabeth probably did see a good deal of violence and went to a few executions because, you know... That's what you do. It was also acceptable to beat your servants in those days, according to Hungarian law. Law? Law? law. Hungarian law. Yeah. Peasants, Not Monday night law. Yeah. Peasants, <laughs> peasants were property of the nobles, and it's also likely that Elizabeth would have attended the occasional public execution. Now, she wasn't just smart and freakishly unbothered by violence. Elizabeth was also really, really, really pretty. Now, there's a portrait from it from 1585, which you can look at, which depicts a haunty, delicate beauty with high white forehead. And what they used to do then was, um, not like Les, now, he doesn't need to do this. He's just got a big forehead anyway. I've got a big forehead. Yeah, it's it's called receding hairline, Les. But what women of the time did was they used to pluck the hairs out of the, for- out of the forehead to give them... Apparently, it was more aristocratic. If you look at um, Queen Elizabeth I, the ginger one, um, the bad teeth. Henry the Eighth's daughter. She had a massive forehead because she was like, pow, 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 pow. um, yeah. So when she was ten, <laughs> she, I can imagine her just doing that. Like, pow, 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 pow. Don't know why she'd make that noise. She's a queen, and she? she can do what she wants. And when she was ten, Elizabeth became engaged to a fifteen-year-old Count Frederick Nedasti, the son of another powerful Hungarian family. That's weird. Yeah. It's a bit weird, that, isn't it? That's some, like, fucking Alabama shit right there. <laughs> um, it was common back then, and Elizabeth moved to the um, Nadasti Palace during the engagement and began learning to run her in-law's massive estates. Now, rumour says she has an affair with a peasant boy during this time, became pregnant, and was forced to give the child away in a very hush-hush manner, while her fiancé castrated the unfortunate peasant and threw into a pack of wild dogs. Oof. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but I kind of hope it is. But um, even if it's true or not, though, she did have quite a wild libido and um, young Nadasti would soon become famous for his mad and creative violence. 
So Elizabeth at 40 married her intense fiance on May the 8th, 1574, in front of 4,500 guests. The lavish celebration raged on for three days and Dasty topped off the event by giving his bride the craggiest, loneliest castle in Hungary called Castle Kizeti. As a... <laughs> it's... There's more vowel. There's fucking hardly any vowels in that. Why stick a J? Any any word that has a J in the middle, fuck off. Um, as a home of her own, it was done up in a gothic architectural style and perched on top of a foreboding hill. Nadasti had no idea of the crimes Elizabeth would later commit in Kizesi's dark, isolated halls. Someone's going to be there now in the comments. Um, I think you'll find this Kizesi. And it goes back to um, and you and it's there. It goes back. It's just like we don't care. We don't. We don't care. You know the law on this channel. Whatever words I, however I say something, that's how it's pronounced. Go fuck yourself. (coughs) Yeah. So uh, the Dynasty slash Bathories were now an incredible wealthy couple with plenty of social cachet, but they barely saw each other. It took 10 years for them to have their first child, which was unusual for married couples at the time. If Elizabeth was infertile, that would have been considered an acceptable reason for Nadasti to divorce it. But it wasn't biology that kept him childless for so long, Les. Do you know what it was? War. 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 What is it good for? Apparently not having children. Yeah. Contraception. Yeah. There you go. Want contraception? Go to war. Three years into their marriage, Nadasti left for the Hungarian border to fight the, off the Ottomans, while Elizabeth moved between their many castles to oversee their lands and keep their numerous household accounts in order. Imagine get that, like getting marched on by loads of pieces of furniture. It's like going to be like fucking Beauty and the Beast, isn't it? Yeah. Where they're like, like <laughs> but just solely Ottoman. <laughs> yeah, just Ottomans falling on people. <laughs> like, ow! Like, oh, fucking sofa. I'm an Ottoman. Ottoman. <laughs> uh, her letters to him are polite and respectful, but the only occasional flash of the strong-willed personality she was keeping at bay, like when she reprimanded him for waltzing off to Transylvania without informing him. You go there. You go. Go, you're going to Transylvania on your own on a lad's night. Yeah, don't right. tell me. You know what's in Transylvania? Vampires, that's what. No, because no, Dracula hadn't been written yet. It's true. Yeah, so he'd be like, why are you going to Transylvania? Eh? You got a whore there. So the Ottomans invaded in a more serious way in 1591. They got some rocking chairs with them. At the start of what had been called the Long War. It's very unspecific. Unspecific, innit? It's like we know the mistakes they made with the Hundred Years' War because that lasted a lot and longer the gra- than a hundred. And the Great War. And the Great War. And the Thirty Years' War. Though yeah. I think that the Thirty Years' War was... Was actually 30 years, and that was way after this. So. Yeah. So they were just like, we'll go for a non-specific number. We'll just call it the, the long war. Yeah. I love that when it starts off, it was like, it's just short war. And then it was just like, it's, you know. It's getting medium, long. This is. Medium-sized war. It's like the drawn-out war. Now it's just the long war. It's just long, in it? The retiring war. Yeah, so he fucked off onto fiercer and bloodier conflicts to fucking stab people. Now, he loved war. It was like, it's, if he had a skill, it was war, because he was fucking good at it. Um, he, around this time, he got started to be called the Black Knight of Hungary because of his reputation for ever more inhuman cruelty. Now, he made sure to learn all of the best Turkish punishments from his enemies before he killed them. And he was, and if he was feeling sporty, he might play catch with the severed heads. Imagine that. It's like, so, yeah, I've caught you. Like, oh, yeah, you yeah, caught me. How do you kill people? Or what we usually do, right, is get a bunch of cats and we gaffer tape them to the faces so the cats freak out and scratch them to death. Really? Yeah. You got any cats with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We always bring the cats just in case. Like, we always like, bring the cats. Yeah, we've got, yeah, we've got to bring the cats, haven't we? Because how are we going to do that? You can't just pick cats up as you go. You give me that. Like, I've got one cat. Needs a kitten. Yeah, we've got loads of cats. And just gaffer tape to his face. Like, it's like, yeah. Keep these cats, will you? Yeah, just like cats going, Didn't they? That's quite funny, actually, because like in ancient times, one, the, like, it might have been a Persian army or something, which is like, hilarious cats. if it was cats. But no like, kings. they invaded like Egypt and like, they took a load of cats because they knew that the Egyptians wouldn't harm cats, so they just let these cats roam in front of their army I or mean, something. So it, the Egyptians were like, 
Can't do anything. Can't hurt the cats. It's a thing, though, isn't it? You know, if you like, like an army. Oh, what we can't kill badges. Have an army of badges in front of you. I mean, you should just have an army of badges anyway, because them things are fucking hard. Fucking honey badges. Honey badges. They're the most. They're, they're just the most disrespectful fucking. They are. They just fucking creatures. They're just ever. dicks. And like for any like animal to make a bowl cut. Intimidating. Yeah. Honey badgers are fucking ace. The best time we ever had at work was when we went in early on a Sunday morning. And it was like half past five in the morning. And we were working. And there was a documentary on the TV about honey badgers. Stoffel. Was that the one about Stoffel, the honey badger? Is that the one who like gets that like, the broom, broom and like, climbs cl- out? Like, gets a broom in his claws... Puts it against the wall, climbs up him, fucks off out of his pen. And then he'd go and invade, like, one, like the fucking park ranger's house, opened up the fridge, yeah. ate the bacon, and then just took a piss and left. Yeah, the Sonny Badger just, he don't, he don't give no fucks. Yeah. Honey Badgers are just like, yeah, fuck you. They don't give a shit. So, um. They're <laughs> <laughs> just great, aren't they? It's like we could just do a whole episode on the belligerence of honey badgers. Oh, that'd be a good episode. No, it wouldn't. everyone's like, this is a murder channel. It's like we just, yeah, but you know, we like honey badgers. They're great. So the long war was draining Hungary's wealth so steadily that the ruling Habsburg family found themselves short on cash. But Elizabeth never felt the pinch of wartime because Nizdasti kept sending her a steady stream of Ottoman treasures. So Nadasti Bathories grew so rich, in fact, that they ended up loaning money to the Habsburgs so Hungary could continue to fight. So basically, the king of Hungary was in debt to Elizabeth and Nadasti. So that's going to make them feel probably invincible. Like, you know, the king, you know, king owes us money. I have a feeling, though, that that's it's a bit of a double-edged sword, isn't it? That, like, yeah, like... We gave the king, like, a shitload of money. He's in our debt. It's like, here's the king, though. Here's the king. Yeah, but they can't fight this war without them. Yeah, that's true. And this long war would be in, would have been the short war. The short, poor war, because he had no money. It's like, we're running out of money. What do we do? I think, I think our current nation is probably learning that. Yeah. So, while um, Elizabeth and Nadasti didn't see much of each other in those days, they carved out time to bond over a very specific mutual interest which was torturing young serving girls. Now, Nadasti, of course, was more than familiar with violence. Now, because you don't get to be the Black Knight of Hungary, you know, without skewering a few enemies on your way to the top, do you? Really. And Elizabeth had already had her fair share of experience with punishment, given that she was in charge of hundreds of peasants on a daily basis. Now, the couple witnessed and even encouraged cruelty in each other, resulting in a long-distance relationship characterised by bloody reciprocity. Can't speak tonight. And a little less staring longingly at the same moon. A little more stab people at the same time. One, two, three, and And go. go. Well, imagine that. It's like sexting, but it's like via Raven or whatever. And it's like, oh, yes... Sending like woodcuts. Yeah, just like what you're doing. Just you like, stabbing this peasant girl. Like, <laughs> like, Quick, oh. etch away, etch away. Yeah, come look at me etchings. Oh. <laughs> this Smashing is me. her in the face. I cut his head off and made him deliver fellatio. Yeah, look at these cats on his head. <laughs> Scratching. Um, so Nidasty taught his bride how to roll up a piece of oil paper, place it in between the toes of a disobedient servant, and then set the paper on fire, which is a fun game called Star Kicking. Star Kicking. It's got such a great name. It does, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, so he also reportedly brought Elizabeth a sort of clawed glove that she used to slash a servant's flesh. So much like me, with my Freddy Krueger jumper. She was like Freddy Krueger. She was just like getting up to him, going like. <laughs> I like to think like it was dead or not. Like you remember them? Like what were they called? Armor rings. Yeah, you used to be able to get. Those fucking goths. They, used to like, like, like you'd always have a goth lad with one. one. And you'd go up to girls, going, oh, "Let me scratch you." Oh, yeah, and like you'd be like, "You fucking nonce, get away from him." It's like yeah, it, that chick's thirteen. Leave her alone. It's like back in the day. It's like oh, that was enigmatic. It's like now that's hashtag me too. Yeah. Many, many goth men nowadays who'd be locked up. There's a lot of goth men, I feel like, who used to frequent the sort of pubs and clubs we'd go to, who have probably been retroactively 
cancelled and and if not received some jail time. Mm-hmm. I almost said one name there. Yeah, I saw. I saw. I was like, I, I, magic candy. <laughs> <laughs> he once allegedly covered a young girl with honey and forced her to stand outside so she'd be incessantly stung by insects. In short, the Black Knight was a cunt. He was. That is cunty behaviour. It's cuntish behaviour, but Elizabeth loved it. Really? More honey. Yeah, more honey. Honey badges. See? So, now, Nadasti wasn't Elizabeth's only sparring partner either. In 1601, a mysterious woman named Anna Davalia joined their household as Elizabeth's companion. Now, locals described her as a wild beast in female form, and she was rumoured to be a witch. I mean, everyone's a witch, aren't they? To be honest, here's my picture again of the witches. So once she arrived um, at the castle, Elizabeth's personality started to change and the lady become more cruel, her servant said, as they're being battered and stabbed and covered in honey and stung. Like, oh, she's become more cruel. How could she become more cruel? Everyone's asking. Um, if Nadasti taught Elizabeth to torture, the volume taught her to kill. So now and then, servant girls died at the castle, but it was nothing worth raising a royal eyebrow over like that. Like the rock. Can you raise one eyebrow over like the rock? No. I can't. I can, I can do the Sid Vicious thing. This plays as Phil Anselmo. <laughs> Sorry, I was, I was, I thought you meant like Psycho Sid from wrestling, but no, yeah. different Sid Vicious. Bass player from the Sex Pistols killed yeah. his girlfriend and then took a heroin overdose. Yeah, yeah. I, I figured that was the one. Um. Johnny Rotten's fault, that is, you know. Yeah. Not only is he a big uh, conservative now, who is a massive knob, um, he also introduced um, Sid Vicious to Nancy Spungen and she got him addicted to heroin. Apparently, he was a lovely boy. Sid Vicious was. And um, when his mum was getting his ashes from America, she dropped him in Heathrow Airport and the air conditioning sucked them all up. Really? Yeah, so his ashes were circulating in Heathrow Airport. His real name was Simon Ritchie. Oh. And um, Kurt Cobain used to sign into hotels with Simon Ritchie. There you go. More Nirvana facts for you all. Um, yeah, so in the eyes of a... <laughs> Went off on a tangent. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. So in the eyes of a ruling class, these young peasants were utterly disposable. After an anti-feudalist uprising was squelched in 1514, a new Hungarian legal code called the Tripartium reduced the rights of peasants and serves to almost nothing while protecting the nobles who abused them. Elizabeth wasn't just sheltered by the law, she was above the law. Basically, I am the law! Yeah, she's Judge Red. I am the law! Law! I mean... Which film's better? The Sylvester Stallone, Judge Dredd, or the Carl Urban, Judge Dredd? You know, like, I I prefer the Carl Urban one because it's closer to... Me too. It's closer to the comics, um, and it's got more of that vibe. But I don't hate the Sylvester Stallone one. The Sylvester Stallone one is fun. It's Sylvester Stallone's best film, Demolition Man. And and the Sylvester Stallone one, uh, there's a cameo from a cameo from Hammerstein, one of the ABC Warriors. There we go. So um, yeah, by this point, the King of Hungary had been forced to borrow money from the Bathories um, so many times that Elizabeth was basically untouchable. At the time of Nadasti's death, the king owed him almost eighteen thousand gulden, which was practically an unpayable debt. So essentially, they could do what they wanted to because the king can't pay this debt off. And if they do, they're going to go, right, pay me this debt. It's quite interesting in terms of, like, the finances in, like, these times. Because when you take inflation into account, a lot of these lords would have been far richer than, like, the richest people nowadays. It's ridiculous. So, tucked away in a craggy island on the hill. Craggy island. Craggy island. Sorry, craggy castle. Sorry, (laughs) I'm just thinking for the Ted there. Um, Elizabeth could do... (laughs) could do whatever she wanted. It isn't to say that nobody noticed anything, though. Um, Local pastors grew suspicious when Elizabeth kept asking them to perform funeral rites for servant girls who died of cholera or unknown and mysterious causes. Cholera. Cholera. 
mysterious and unknown circumstances. At one point, she asked him to bless an oversized coffin. Like a fucking huge coffin. It's a big coffin. She was a whale. Yeah. The pastors were balked when they heard the rumour that it contained three dead bodies. The speculations grew so outrageous that one of the pastors dared to pull Countess Bathory aside after a sermon and called her a murderer to her face. <laughs> he said, Your grace should not have acted um, so acted because it offends the Lord, and we will be punished and will be punished if we do not complain to and criticize your grace, he said. And in order to confirm it that my words are true, we need to only exhume the body of the latest of the dead girl, and you will find that the marks identify the ways in which death occurred. So the Countess apparently hissed, <laughs> which obviously, you know, proved her innocence. You know, if someone accuses you of something and you go, <laughs> she'd do it. Um, she hissed that she had relatives who wouldn't tolerate these shameful accusations. And the pastor responded, if your grace has relatives, then I also have a relative, the Lord God. Let us dig up the bodies and we will see what you have done. So she stormed out the church and eventually in the last managed to appease the pastor but he couldn't cover for Elizabeth forever. I mean, can you imagine him just getting in like, dude, she's fucking mental. Don't piss her off. I'm off fighting a long war here. I get back and she's... She's like, this fucking pastor telling me what I can do to my servants. I am the law. You know, do, do you know how much money there is? 1,800 gilden. 1,800 gilden. You know, 1,000, whatever. They can't pay it back. We are, we basically run this country. Yes, I know, dear. I'll go talk to the pastor. And he's just like, there. He's like, dude, she will fucking kill you. She doesn't care. He's like, yeah, but my relative is God. Because he's French, this pastor was, of course. I like to think he did it more like fucking uh, Alan Partridge. That bit where he's like, Sasha, go, just go over there. And he's just like, let me sort this out. And then he's just like, sorry about that. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so death once again reigned upon um, Elizabeth, but this time it was her husband. He died of illness when she was 44 years old. Again, servants noticed a change in her. She was growing more and more violent, insatiably so. Maybe it was the stress, you know. She was now managing extensive properties without the quick income of the spoils of the long war. Maybe she was recoiling in horror at the aging process. Legend has it she was incredibly vain. Or maybe that some latent psychosis from that infamous inbreeding, you know, between cousins. But began to read its head. Either way, what had started as a shared hobby with the Nadasti and Darvalia quickly turned into a full-blown obsession. And Elizabeth became fanatical about torturing and killing young girls. So she reaped them from the town surrounding her various castles. Nubile peasant children with strong expendable bodies. And when she was finished with them... She flung them back over the castle walls to be eaten by wolves. Yeet! Just, yeah, literally, like, catapult, like, yeet! Do kids still say yeet? I think so. I'm not sure if they do, but we're saying yeet, because obviously, we're cool. As before, Elizabeth didn't work alone. Along with Anna Davolia, she gathered a gruesome torture squad. It's a rap group. A children's nurse, Alona Joe, an old friend of Alona Joe's, who went by Dorker, a washerwoman named Catalin, and a disfigured young boy known as Fixo. Fixo. Because everyone needs a disfigured young boy if you're starting a torture squad. You know. Who's just, like, really cruel. <laughs> so, do one to others. I do. Yes, matter. So, Davolia, Dorga, and Alona Joe were the cruelest of the bunch and took pride in their macabre creativity. Fixo helped, and he was all, but he was awfully young and also disfigured. So, he just probably drooled on them a bit. Caitlin was most soft hearted. She tried to sneak food to broken down girls, and once she herself was beaten when she refused to participate in the torture. It usually started with the servant girl's mistake. She'd miss a stitch, Les. With stitch? She'd miss a stitch, causing on the Countess to turn. She would begin by slapping, kicking or punching the servant, but eventually she dig deeper, producing some imaginative punishment to satisfy her craving for blood. Those who made sewing mistakes were tortured with needles, while a girl who stole the coin was branded with that same coin. Oh, Elizabeth played mind games. She'd prick the girl's fingers with pins and saying, if it hurts the whore, she can pull it out. She's Arnold Schwarzenegger in this film. Then when the girls pulled out the pins, Elizabeth would cut off their fingers. 
Seems a bit excessive, really, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. So if it hurts you, you can pull it out. Oh, thank you, Rob. Fuck off. Fingers uh-huh. Chopping your fingers off now, you whore. So she'd often strip her servants naked before she beat them and once bit a chunk out of a girl's face when she herself was too sick to get out of bed. I mean, who hasn't? True. You know, oh, I'm feeling ill today. Come here, let me bite your face off. Makes you feel, I mean, if it makes you feel better. Some people yeah. have chicken soup. Yeah. So if the torture stopped there, it was a pretty good day for the servant girls. But Elizabeth was rarely satisfied with pinpricks and severed fingers. No matter what castle the Countess was staying at, she had a specific torture chamber to play around in, and the brutalities that occurred in them were absolutely appalling. The torture squad would burn the girls with irons or beat them until their bodies burst. Burst. It's like... I'm imagining it's like... They're beating them, but like pumping them full of air. Like, and that, like getting like fucking Violet Beauregard and Willy Wonka. But they just don't roll her out to the juicy room. They just... So once Elizabeth put her fingers inside a girl's mouth and tore her face apart. Proper fish hooked. Fish yeah. McGraw. So there was also reports of pincers used to rip out girls' flesh and rumours of forced cannibalism. What outrageous cruelty, no butcher under heaven, in my opinion, more cruel, wrote the horrified Kizethi pastor to a friend after learning what happened deep inside Elizabeth's dungeons. Some members of the torture squad had specialities. Dorka liked to cut girls' fingers with shears. The voyeur liked to give them 500 lashes. And Elizabeth liked it all. Yeah, she's not fussy. Let's take it all. Anywhere she went, confessed Aloni Joe. She looked immediately for a place where we could torture the girls. A townsman heard of seven servant girls that their mistress could not either drink or eat if she had not previously seen one of the virgins from amongst her maids killed in a bloody way. Without death, it seemed, Elizabeth felt incomplete. Let's stop here for a moment, though. Okay, Les. Okay. Does this seem a little too gory to be true to you? It does seem sensationalised. Quite sensationalised. So, you know... How are we getting all this? You know, where do we get this information from? Because, like I said, bathing in the baths of blood and that, well, that didn't happen. But how do we know? Thanks to the graphic nature of the trial transcripts, the Bathory legend ballooned to ludicrous proportions in the centuries after Elizabeth's death. And many of the rumours that sprang up involved a potent sex of, a mix of sex, narcissism and blood. So, as we said... The most enduring rumour that there is is she bathed in the fresh blood of her victims to preserve her beauty forever. So, this is a story around that. When a servant girl ruined some aspect of her toilets, um, she slapped the girl so hard that the peasant blood spat across her noble face. After washing the blood off, she noticed that her skin looked younger than it had before, perfectly smooth with that elusive, almost translucent quality she thought she'd never achieve again. Before oil of Ule, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Thus, she became maniacal about soaking in tubs of virginal blood um, in top-secret 4am baths. But, sorry, goth girls, um, certainly probably didn't happen. None of the servants who testified against Elizabeth mentioned anything about the bathing in blood. In fact, what they do mention is that so much blood was spilled during torch sessions that you could scoop it off the floor, meaning Elizabeth didn't seem too concerned with saving it, much less bathing in it. The precious blood that pulled from her victims. Turns out the first mention of these bloodbaths um, was over a century later, um, after her death, sorry, in a 1729 book called Tragica Historia that was written by a Jesuit scholar after he discovered the Bathory trial transcripts. So it's easy to see where this come from, though. It's a compelling, creepy image, but it also solves the distressing idea of a murderess who kills just because she's a killer. It means we don't have to worry about the question if she was evil. You know, vanity is much more palatable than being insane and a sadist. So when it comes down to it, you know, it's easier to explain away like, oh no, she was vain and she needed all this blood rather than she was just fucking insane. So uh, don't be disappointed though. Les, don't be disappointed. Okay. Okay. There was plenty of blood which was shed at Shay's Elizabeth, so much so that the walls were spattered with it. Elizabeth would get so drenched with gore she occasionally had to stop mid-torture to change her shirt. While her affinity for stripping her maids naked may hint at some sort of fetish, 
Her dealings with Darvalia and the occult may have occasionally focused on preserving her youth. It seemed what the Countess truly liked was pretty straightforward, which was to destroy some girl's body. Rumours of Elizabeth's violence were now flying everywhere, but nobody could do anything about it, because she was still killing peasants, and peasants couldn't press charges against nobles. Parents would sell their child to Elizabeth for a lump sum, and if the child died of cholera, well, you know, it's too bad, isn't it? They've got the money. He dies, he dies. Yeah, they're like, we've got more kids, if you want to give them cholera. So, she was killing so many girls she couldn't even bury them properly, with shallow graves in the courtyards were sometimes disturbed by wild dogs, but the Countess remained unassailable. Then, like many serial killers, after her, she grew reckless, she got messy, and she started killing the wrong people. Ooh. By 1609, her cruel collaborator, Dovolio, was dead of a stroke, and Elizabeth was running out of money. She was now taking advice from her lady steward, um, Erzy Majorova, rumoured to be a forest witch, a local peasant woman with familiar with herbalism and the occult. Basically, she liked magic mushrooms, probably. Yeah. And was like, That's- oh... Have some parsley on that bacon. Probably knew knew a bit of midwifery. Yeah. Surely by now Elizabeth was half mad with loneliness and also inbreeding. Nadasti and Dovolia were dead. Her children were married and gone. Her confidence were washerwomen, forest witches, and a young boy who barely knew what he was doing and was disfigured. <laughs> None of these people could understand. Mr. Gok, you, you're bumping into the wall again. <laughs> Stop leaking that window. So none of these people could understand what it meant to be Elizabeth Bathory, to be powerful, rich, beautiful, and aging, and cruel. It was not, it, to be the only one in charge of holding her own dark world together. Did Elizabeth have close friends and circle, social circles? <clears throat> Probably not, no. Um, she, gave a, she did have a heavy reliance on peasant women, and the fact that she was panicked after most social obligations, taking out her anxious, anxious energy on the bodies of her servants. Even her violence seemed tinged with the terrible isolation. You can't beat a girl to death in a gloomy torture chamber without flailing your arms in the darkness. Flailing your arms in the darkness. With with some flails. I just got some flails on on Elden Ring. You're not obsessed. You're really enjoying that game. Elden Ring's awesome. Everyone go get it. It's amazing. You die loads, but you don't care. I just got flails and what? Telling me about your um, horse. Got killed by a sheep. It's not a horse, it's a spectral steed called Torrent. That was given to you by what? Your finger maiden? My finger maiden. <laughs> what? It just sounds funny. She's a finger maiden. <laughs> anyway, by 1609, Elizabeth decided she needed more money and supposedly a source of better, richer blood. A folkloric version of this story said that peasant blood was no longer staving off the Countess's ageing, so the forest witch Majorova suggested that the blood of noble girls might be more effective. Essentially, though, she was running out of people to kill. Parents were beginning to actively hire their daughters from when she came through town looking for workers, and she was also feeling a bit rash, a little bit vengeful, but there was just one problem. Peasants were easy to deal with, but nobles would definitely notice if their daughters went missing. So she hit on a brilliant idea. She would open a finishing school for young women called a gynasium. 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 <laughs> the, the fees for this counterfeit gynasium would provide Elizabeth with some much needed liquidity and the daughters of nobles would provide exactly what she needed them to provide. You know, killing things. She didn't bother thinking of this plan through to its logical conclusions Tens of dead girls, powerful parents, crazed with worry. She just ushered in more of them. It was like, come on. And then, technically it was a finishing school because she finished them off. Uh-uh. When the wealthy parents began inquiring about the state of their offspring, Elizabeth's bizarre excuse put everyone on edge. She claimed there were no girls left on the premises because all the girls had been so jealous of her classmates' jewellery, she'd murdered every single one of them, and then that girl had committed suicide. Committed suicide. Yeah, she murdered everyone, then committed suicide. Yeah. Because she was jealous of the jewellery. And she had cholera. <coughs> Needless to say, the Countess was convinc- wasn't convincing anyone at this point. In fact, people were beginning to see horrifying evidence of the crimes right in front of them. Girls with bruised bodies running errands in town. Girls with burned hands scrambling into Elizabeth's carriage. 
and girls with disfigured faces walking dejectedly into the Countess's entourage, and even a girl who escaped from the castle and ran into town with a knife still quivering in her foot. So she's like... Now noble blood had been shed on the noble families were crying out. This was enough for the king. He he decided to move against Elizabeth. So in February 1610, the king ordered his palatine, Georgi Thurzo, to begin an investigation against Countess Bathory. Now, this was a bit awkward for Thurzo, uh, because he was one of Fenric Nidasti's best friends. The two were so close, in fact, that when Nidasti was on his deathbed, he asked Thurzo to protect, protect his wife. And now Thurzo was being asked to shake all the skeletons from her closet. But he was a loyal subject of the king, so he forged ahead with this investigation, determined to uncover the truth while still treating Elizabeth as fairly as possible. So he's like, fucking snack. Yeah, snack. It's just hurting the kids from now on, isn't it? <laughs> She's like, that's everything all right, so raving me, babe. Hundreds of people affirmed the rumours of Elizabeth's terrible violence, placing the number of dead girls around 175 to 200. They spoke of seeing bloodstains on the walls, of hearing screams and the sounds of beatings. None of the people Thurzo spoke to, though, were actual eyewitnesses, but many of them had seen the high number of burials taking place around the castle, and had noticed that certain parts of Elizabeth's estates were always guarded carefully. Convinced that Elizabeth was guilty, but torn about his promise to her dead husband, Thurzo wrote to Elizabeth's son and son-in-laws, asking for their advice. The men reached a secret decision. Thurzo could investigate the crimes as long as he promised Elizabeth would never be brought to trial. She could be locked up and her servants could be interrogated, but her family wanted to avoid the spectacle of having their mad countess take the stand. Prince Andrew, innit? Mm-hmm. Just give him loads of money. Say, I never met him. Here's 12 million pictures of me, Mum. 12 million for... He's never, never met slept me. with me. He's never slept with me. He never met me. Give me 12 million quid. Has he got his stuff back? Is it, or is he still not a royal now? No, he's still not a royal. Which is like, his mum's like, you fucking nuns. I've just had to pay 12 million quid for you. My pictures, literally her face is on all that money she had to give. She had to pay 2 million, the Queen has. Well, I say the Queen. Us taxpayers. Us taxpayers. Have paid it. Because he fucked a young girl. Elizabeth's children didn't bother to insist she was innocent. Public punishment would shame us all, wrote her son-in-law. By December, Thurzo was almost ready to act, but before he could rest such a powerful woman, he had to be completely certain she was guilty. So he invited himself and the king over to castle for Christmas Eve dinner. (laughs) We're coming for dinner. Why? Because we are. Because it's Christmas. And he owes you money. So, you know, know, he's, he's trying to keep you on his good side. Elizabeth acted like a gracious hostess but she was barely holding it together and ended the night by serving the men a mysterious grey cake she'd cooked up with her forest witch marriager over the cake was shaped like a pretzel and had communion wafer in the centre once the men tasted it they became sick and convinced she was trying to poison them left right away time to go yeah it's like we're gonna go now yeah she's poisoning us and she's like no 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 come on let me pour the custard on it's like fucking it's just black it's just black <laughs> fucking Even like when the smoke comes out of it it's in a skull and crossbones <laughs> on new year's eve 1610 an increasingly paranoid elizabeth met Majorova outside the manor house of castle kizeth to watch the movements of the stars and clouds they were planning to cast a spell for protection and asked the scribe to write down when Majorova was satisfied with the conditions were right, the women began to chant. Help! Oh, help you clouds! Help clouds! Give health! Give Elizabeth Bathory health! Send, oh, send forth you clouds! Ninety cats! If I was Elizabeth Bathory, I'd be like, you're making this shit up. Or... I wouldn't. I'd be like, my husband told me about them cats. The Ottomans carried cats everywhere. Gaffer taped into people's faces. They're like, really? Yeah. What do we need? We need ninety Cats. cats. How many cats do you need per face? Three. But what I'm thinking, 45, cover an entire body. Scratch that motherfucker up. And we'll do it to two people. So, do you know what these were meant to do, though? The cats were instructed, so these 90 cats weren't there. They were just saying, right, 
these cats, you can hear us. Like, like shake, tapping the tin. So they come for dinner, like shaking the biscuits. Like, the cats were instructed to destroy Thurzo and the king and anyone else trying to bring the countess grief. But unbeknownst to them, Thurzo was hiding in the darkness around the castle. That very moment, determined to catch her in a bloody act. So he's like in a bush like this. Like, I, I feel that they could have like chosen more effective animals. Night, mate. Oh, cats are ninety cats. Imagine trying to fight ninety cats who are all pissed off at you. But you'd die, wouldn't you? You die. Fucking one cat. You'd be like, oh, that's a nice cat. You just wait till you're walking downstairs, run between your legs, boom, you died. And then the cat just starts eating you. Interesting fact, if you've got a pet dog, right, and you die and you're in a room with this dog, this dog will wet the dogs will wait until they are literally starving to death before they eat you. Cats will just eat you. They're not even hungry, they'll just start eating you. They just like go up to you like it's dead. Um 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 like you're hungry now. Why are you eating him? Why not? Yeah. My cats, literally, every time I go into the kitchen, my cats just meow. I'm like, literally fed you last time, you knobheads. Five minutes ago, I fed you. You've still got food in your dish. And like, meow, meow. I'm like, fuck off. Um, yeah. So once Elizabeth was back inside, Thursday crept towards the manor, accompanied by a party of armed guards. Right away, they stumbled across the body of a mutilated girl near the entryway. Found two more girls dying right inside the doors. Jesus. Didn't find any cats, though. A sound of screaming led them into one of the torture chambers, where they caught the torture squad at work. Dropping some sick beats. It's unclear if Thurzo actually caught the Countess herself in the act, or simply discovered her hench people, but he finally satisfied of her guilt. Elizabeth was dragged to the castle proper and forced to watch the rest of the search, which revealed even more girls hidden away where this damned woman prepared these future martyrs. As the men moved through the dark halls, Elizabeth cried that she was innocent, that all this violence was the fault of her servants. The next day, she was formally imprisoned in the dungeons of her own castle, where she'd held her torture victims previously. A grand total of 306 people testified against the Blood Countess, including members of her torture squad. Fucking snacks. Who were now being tortured themselves. Their testimonies were beyond incriminating. The lady beat and tortured the girl so much she was covered in blood, she was, said Alona Joe. They were taken to the tortured even ten times a day, like sheep, said Fixo. No one knows for sure how many girls Elizabeth Bathory killed. Her four accomplices claimed the number of dead girls saw between 30 and 50, and they probably know best for obvious reasons. While the staff at another one of the castles said she'd killed between 175 and 200. The king, though, heard on the grapevine that she'd killed 300 and one young witness claimed the Countess had murdered as many as 650 girls and she'd kept their names written in a ledger. Alona Joe, Dorker and Fixo all received a death sentence. Since Alona Joe and Dorker had been personally responsible for so many serious ongoing atrocities perpetrated against Christian blood, their fingers were torn out by heated iron tongs before they were executed and thrown into a huge bonfire. Fucking hell. Because of his youth... Young Fixo was given a slightly more merciful sentence. He was beheaded and then burnt. Catalin, the most unwilling of the accomplices, she was just thrown into jail. Poor Fixo. He's had a he's had a bad hand dealt, hasn't he? You know, he's um Challenged. Challenged. You know, he's all deformed. And he's on about sheep. And he's like, I'm waiting for the ninety cats. <clears throat> I promise cats. Yes, Fixo. Cats. As promised, Elizabeth was never taken to trial, but instead condemned to lifelong imprisonment in her own blood-drenched castle. Several pastors visited her there and found her furious and unrepentant. When they asked her to think about how much suffering she'd been inflicted on others, Elizabeth merely snarled that her powerful relatives would soon come and save her. She's like, my fucking dad-in-law's getting caught. And my auntie. And my uncle, he's fucking, he'll have you. My uncle, at least dead hard. She maintained that Elona, Joe, Doctor, Fixo and Catelyn were the guilty ones. And when the pastors asked her why she had condemned her servants to simply stop torturing, Elizabeth responded that she herself was afraid of them. At another point, she hissed that she wouldn't confess a thing, 
even if they tortured her with fire. So Elizabeth hated Thurzo most of all, and as she tried to convince her relatives to release her, she continually lashed out at the Palatine for imprisoning her. At one point, Thurzo lost his temper and screamed, You, Elizabeth, are like a wild animal. You are in the last months of your life. You do not deserve to breathe the air on earth or see the light of the Lord. You shall never disappear from this world. You shall never reappear in it again. As the shadows envelope you, maybe, may you find time to repent your bestial life. But was she such a beast? Mm. In the centuries <coughs> since her imprisonment, several scholars and biographers have insisted that Elizabeth was innocent or the trial of accomplices was a show trial that shouldn't have resulted in her rather under the table conviction. Now, they argue that the whole thing was a setup, masterminded by Thurzo and the king, designed to imprison a political li- rival and to incapacitate a powerful widow and to seize all those like lovely lands. And to say Elizabeth's lack of trial was unfair and that the confessions of her accomplices achieved through torture can't be taken as fact. But many of the cries about Elizabeth's innocence don't take into account certain cultural and historical factors, like the agreement between Thurzo and the Bathory children to avoid trial, or the fact that the torture was common part of inquisitional trials like this one and would not have been considered strange or suspicious at the time. So these were violent times all around. It's made pretty obvious the fact that Alone Joe and Dorky have their fingers torn off as part of an official sentence. That's mm. not like, oh, we'll just do that. That's like, right. So it's like when they're like, oh, you're going to do 40 hours of community service. It's like, yeah, we're going to rip your fingers off with hot tongs and then kill you. No. Oh, okay. The argument that the king wanted to seize all the wealth and cancel his debt to them doesn't hold water either because Nadasti died, his six-year-old son would have become the owner of the estates in name and when the boy turned 14, in practice. By the time Elizabeth was arrested, she no longer owned those vast swathes of Bathory and Nidasti land, and the king would have had to imprison the whole family in order to claim the fortune and cancel his debt. Mm. Plus, under the rules of Tripartium, Thurzo was not allowed to gain any material wealth from prosecuting Elizabeth, so he couldn't, so he couldn't have been framing her just to get rich, because he can't profit from it. Another sticking point to those who believe in her innocence is the fact that Thurzo began investigating Elizabeth when there was no hard evidence against her, only rumours of her violence, and she was never informed of the inquest that they were starting, but all of this was perfectly legal under Tripartium. Thurzo was simply enacting something called a common inquest, intended to determine whether or not a crime had been committed. It was a standard way to gather evidence against nobles before informing them that they were about to be dragged into court, imprisoned in their own dungeons, or imprisoned in their own dungeons, as this case may be. All this is not to say that Elizabeth was absolutely the flesh-eating, blood-bathing ogre the court believed her to be. Much of the testimony against her was hearsay, and the confessions achieved through torture will always be rather suspect. There was obviously a lot of misinformation swirling around the whole affair, like the part about the 650 dead girls. Now, there's loads more theories about why the king wouldn't want it to frame her. She was a Protestant, he was Catholic, she was a powerful woman. Powerful women don't do well in history. Well, nowadays, usually. Um, Too many will get... There's far too many we can get into here. Maybe someday someone will uncover a ledger of a victim's written in a handwriting. But until then, we're pretty much in the dark about how many she did actually kill. So, with Elizabeth imprisoned, all legal documentation about the trials was sealed. The Countess was put under house arrest in her own castle. Parliament decreed that her name would no longer be spoken of in society, and the towns around Kadeth grew quiet for the next hundred years. Now, despite the court's best efforts to act as though Elizabeth Bathory had never existed, her story spread and spread, especially once the trial transcripts were rediscovered in the 1720s. Now, today, she is a hugely, hugely popular figure in the world of horror, gore, and sexy vampire shit, featuring everything from the Vi- um, Venom single, with the... What's the notable lyric in it, Les? Can you remember it? Um, no. Countess Bathory! To poetry, novels, and films. Now... Historian Raymond McNally had even argued that it was Elizabeth herself who inspired Bram Stoker's Dracula. Now, if you go on Google Images now, go and do it, type in Elizabeth Bathory, and just see how sexualised her legends become. You, There's manga of the Countess sporting nipple clamps, fan art featuring nude, 
in a bathtub of blood. This one. I'm in this magazine, by the way, so buy it. Um, you know, you all know it. Out of the 306 testimonies collected by Thurzo, sex was mentioned once. The trial was not an investigation into sexual deviance. It was an investigation into rumours of torture and death. But in the centuries since then, plenty of sex dredge tales have popped up, like the rumour about her peasant lover in the subsequent pregnancy, or whispers that she slept around when Nidasti was off fighting the Ottomans. Those pesky Ottoman chairs. One persistent tale concerns her aunt Clara, reputedly a bisexual and a sadist. Uh. How you doing, Clara? As the story goes, during Nidasti's long absences, Elizabeth liked to visit Clara's castle where Clara would teach her niece all about witchcraft, torture and making love to a woman. Another rumour just says that Elizabeth and Anna Davalia were lovers. Now, this is this his story's always got a glamour to it. Um it wasn't drawn to the idea of a vampiric countess with long black hair and, you know, nude all the time with big boobs. She makes for a seductive antagonist worthy of the serpentine sound of murderess. Murderess. <laughs> but stories of lovers and sadism are simply ways of making a monstrousness appealing. Essentially, she's a serial killer. She may simply have been the most frightening thing of all, you know, she's just a heartless killer. The fan art that features a voluptuous Elizabeth with blood-spattered cleavage isn't scary. What's scary is that portrait from 1585. Her blank eyes staring down at you. Countess Elizabeth Bathory died on August 27, 1614, after complaining that her hands were cold. The last thing she did was lay down in a bed and sing beautifully. She was buried in the holy ground, but her body was later removed after residents complained and taken to the Bathory crypt. Now... The Bathory Crypt was opened in 1995. There was no traces of Elizabeth in it. Mm. And thus ends the tale of Elizabeth Bathory. Elizabeth Bathory. So what do you reckon, Les? What do I reckon? It's a history one for you, so I did history. And also, I dispelled rumours like you do. I enjoyed it, though. Yeah, I mean, it's cool, like, you know, if you, like, like the fan art and stuff, that's cool, cool. I don't care. I don't give a shit. You know, it's cool, you know. Thing is, it's like all that sort of stuff. I've always said this. Like, um, it gets people into history. It does. Yeah, because it's all sensational. And then, yeah, it is a bit disappointing when you kind of like, oh, so like none of that, that shit happened. It's like when and people get to know us. Yeah. Really. They think we're really cool, and then they get to know us, and they realise that we're quite, Just, quite boring. Really. Yeah. And the only reason that we share memes is because we haven't got the bodies for an OnlyFans. Yes. It's very true. I mean, if I was a hot pit, if I was hot, if I was a hot girl, I'd have an OnlyFans like that. I'd sell pictures of my booty hole for money. But I'm not, I'm a, I'm a chunky 41 year old male. So no booty hole pictures for you. I'm sure there's somebody out there who'd enjoy your booty hole. That was it. Calvin. Who we used to work with. Hi, Calv. Um, yes, so that was Elizabeth Bathory. What do you think? Um, yeah, it was a history one. What do you think? Do you like it? Do you want more? You're probably going to get them because I've already wrote the scripts. But yeah, let us know what you think about Elizabeth Bathory. Do you like... Like, no, Jan, you're wrong. She did Bath and Blood. Or are you just like, thank you for fucking that off because now I can go and tell these sad goths who I know. They're, you know, they're full of shit. You know, anachronism these days, aren't they? It's kind of sad. You don't see them around. You do. We just don't go out. I did go to that German Expressionism exhibit in Leicester, and there were some goths there. What? You now fucking tear it up, don't you? I'm going, I went to Leicester for a German Expressionist exhibit. Jesus Christ, Les. Fucking calm down a bit. Burning the candle at both ends there, are you? What's next? Crack. Anyway, if you do want to fund his German expressionist habit, or crack, it's, well, it's get, he's getting there. He's getting there. He's, he's going to, isn't he? We're already funded his rehab for alcoholism. 
You can do so by going to Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash enter the dark. I pledge anything from $1 all the way up to $50. If you do get $10 or more, you get to tell us a case to cover. Please get in touch with us at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Email us at enterthedarkpodcast at gmail.com. Check out the merch stand. Um, We've got um, the t-shirts that we are doing for the Ukraine Humanitarian Foundation. All money from them does go to that. So go and buy those t-shirts for us. Um, We are going to be doing a one with Putin's face on, saying fucking cunt or something like that in Russian writing. It's going to be funny, so you can have that on. Go around showing Putin with a small dick. Because he's got a tiny dick. Don't you think he looks like the uh, kid from Malcolm in the Middle, like the youngest kid? Dewey. Yeah, he looks like Dewey. Um, but yes, um, to my Russian friends who are that out there, um, I hope you're staying safe and everything. Um, I'm not going to name you because I know you could end up getting really in trouble and it's shit. Um, so I hope you're staying safe and take care of yourselves, guys. Um, to all our Ukrainian viewers and listeners, we have got some because I look at the director. I hope you're fucking all okay and everything. Yeah, you know, yeah. Just don't worry about it. Fingers crossed, you'll be able. Every, all this shit will be over soon for you. Um, but yes, we hope you're all okay. Remember, we're not bastards. We might seem it, but you know we do care about you guys. So um, yeah, please take care and stay safe, everyone. Um, yeah, guys, thank you for joining us today. Um, this one's been a cool one. Sorry I've smashed a few of your goth fantasies, but you can still knock one out to it if you want to. You know what I mean? Woman in big boobs and blood in a bath. He's going to rub one out to it in a minute. So I've been Jan. He's been Les. Take care. Bye-bye.